Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, July 19th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time. Sharply higher trade across the board in the grain markets. December corn futures up 21 and a half cents at 556. November soybeans up 20 and a quarter at 1415 and a half. December Chicago wheat up 26 and a half at 717. December Kansas City wheat up 16 at 848 and a quarter. December spring wheat up 10 and a quarter at 896 and three quarters. Got a lot to cover today. Let's start off with yesterday's price action. So corn and wheat futures rallied sharply on Tuesday. The December corn contract gained more than 28 cents per bushel, while the December Chicago wheat contract gained more than 16 cents per bushel. Soybean futures underperformed by comparison, although the November contract was able to post its best daily close since February. Funds were estimated to be buyers of 20,000 contracts of corn, 10,000 contracts of soybeans, and 6,000 contracts of SRW wheat on the day. So there is some reasoning for all of this, and we'll get into it uh, here in a second. In regard to the funds, they are still net short the corn market to the tune of maybe call it 30 or 35,000 contracts at yesterday's close. In soybeans, the net long is probably up to 100,000 at yesterday's close and maybe more this morning given the sharp rally and funds still short uh, the SRW wheat market to the tune of 50,000. So I think that the funds, uh, for a couple different reasons here, want out of these net short positions, at least for the time being. I think that's what we're seeing here. Let's get into some of the reasoning. So Russia attacked the port of Odessa on Tuesday and again overnight. Russia launched one of its largest missile attacks on the port of Odessa yesterday. The attack damaged a hotel and another building on the territory of the port. The strike coincided with a visit uh, from U.S. officials who announced a $250 million aid package for Ukrainian farmers. The funds will be used to expand capacity at ports along the Danube River and to modernize and rebuild infrastructure used in grain ports. A Kremlin spokesman said on Tuesday that attempts to continue grain exports are now dangerous. So you've got attacks on ports in Ukraine two nights in a row. So um, this is uh, part of the reason for the rally. Absolutely. It's a supply shock type thing. And I don't even know if I'd call it a shock anymore, given that Ukraine has become such a lesser exporter when it comes to uh, corn and wheat, both versus say pre-invasion levels. But even uh, like I think we mentioned earlier this week, Ukraine still projected to account for, uh, call it 10% of global corn exports this year and less than 5% of global wheat exports. So it, it does still matter. And there's always the risk that this thing escalates into some sort of situation where Russian wheat exports are disrupted. And if that's the case, it's an absolute game changer. That's not what's happening yet. Um, you've got all of this paired with uh, some weather here, which I think may be even the bigger deal, but um, that's up for debate. 
A hot and dry forecast for the central U.S. Corn Belt belt has helped to rally grain prices this week. There is little to no rain in the forecast for the central U.S. Corn Belt through the end of July. The dry conditions will be accompanied by heat next week. Most of the region will see temperatures in the 90s. The extended GFS indicates that some rain will return to the eastern Corn Belt during the first week of August, although widespread coverage is still lacking. This is pretty dry uh, for the second half of July, and there doesn't really appear to be anything in the forecast that's going to hit the central Corn Belt in regard to rainfall over the next 10 days. The next five days, your rains are going to be confined to areas uh, west of the Corn Belt and south of the Corn Belt. And then even this 10-day Euro uh, has become increasingly dry this week. I mean, almost all of, of your I-states dry um you go out west you know north dakota south dakota nebraska really not much rain maybe some rain for kansas maybe parts of missouri maybe kentucky or tennessee but um the vast majority of corn and soybean growing areas here in this country are going to be dry really through the end of the month they're still talking heat uh next week should be like monday tuesday you're going to see stuff in the 90s and that's going to persist for a good five or six days at least um the forecast i looked at like friday saturday next week could be the hottest day uh, that's a ways out it could change but uh this heat i know it's hot every year but this this is not going to help in in a dry environment so i think the weather paired with uh, the ukraine stuff is all responsible for uh, what's going on in the markets here today so if you guys aren't already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the mailbag video you put together yesterday? I love mailbag videos. Mailbag videos are where uh, subscribers write in questions over the course of a week or two, and I answer all of them. Um, there were a bunch of topics covered here, everything from grain marketing, uh, cash sale targets, uh, why do you hate option spreads? I do hate option spreads, uh, just one type of option spread in particular. Um, we had some great stuff here. We're still doing the pre-open weather updates on uh, Sunday nights. These go out at 6 p.m. Central Time. Um, if you sign up for the premium deal, guys, you get the morning email. It goes out every business day at about 5 a.m. Central. Everything from charts, graphics, grain marketing recommendations, all of the premium videos are included here. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us every single day, guys. So 15 small refiners plan to file a lawsuit against the Biden administration for the rejection of waivers to exempt oil refiners from biofuel blending mandates. Some of the refiners claim the mandates have left them on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars. Under the Biden administration, the EPA has not granted any has not granted any refiner an exemption. The agency can, however, award exemptions to small refiners who can prove that the mandates cause them undue harm. So I guess that these uh, uh, waivers, which were, uh, I think, mostly under the Trump administration, or uh, they were allowed under the Trump administration, they essentially allowed for less biofuels to be blended. And now uh, the Biden administration and this this ruling is going to make them kind of stick to the, the law of the land, uh, which is, you know, the RFS and that sort of stuff. So um, I guess this this story overall could result in slightly more biofuel use. Um, this is more of a policy thing. I don't think it's going to impact your, say, weekly ethanol production numbers or, or markets on a day to day basis. But uh, they're going to make these small refiners. And I don't even know that they're all small, but they're going to make them uh, use the biofuels, essentially, which is a positive. 
The Dow Jones, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ posted their best close since April of 2022 on Tuesday. The Dow notched its seventh straight day of gains and its longest winning streak since March of 2021. Better than expected corporate earnings helped the Dow gain 1%, the NASDAQ 0.8%, and the S&P 500 0.7%. The earnings season is off to a good start. 84% of the S&P 500 companies that have reported have surpassed profit projections. So the S&P loss, I think it was 17 or 18% last year, and now we are up 18.6% year to date. Uh, the chart looks really good. Uh, earnings are pretty good. You're seeing uh, weight or um, price pressures come down a little bit, but wages are still sticky. The labor market is still sticky. So this is uh, what some people are calling a Goldilocks scenario, which is always scary when you start to hear the really positive talk. But uh, it looks awfully good considering all the recession fears and, and all of that. I think for the moment, you could take the recession risk as it relates to, say, the grain markets um, off the table. What did the cattle market do yesterday? Cattle markets were, uh, cattle futures, excuse me, uh, they were mixed on Tuesday. Feeder cattle were down anywhere from 82 cents to a buck 42. Live cattle futures were up anywhere from 30 cents to 130. Uh, cash cattle trade has been at a standstill so far this week. Uh, box beef continues its seasonal decline. Choice ended the day at 304.68. That was down $2.10. Select ended the day at 276.61. That was up 87 cents. Outside markets this morning, guys, U.S. dollars just a little bit higher. Stocks are fractionally higher. Bonds up a little bit. Uh, crude oil is up uh, seven cents in the August WTI at 75.82. Have a great day, guys. We will talk to you on Thursday.